friends, and welcome to episode four of Ball Club Confidential from Aspire Media Group. It's a digital series that we've had a lot of success with through the first three runs last week. If you didn't get to see us, Cooper Mays, Darnell Wright, man, they were awesome. Showed so much personality in that episode. Hope you get a chance to check that one out along with Jalen Hyatt. And then, of course, our inaugural episode, that being Josiah Jordan-James and Cedric Tillman. we got a great show for you tonight, headlined by Brew McCoy. Tennessee coming off a tough loss at South Carolina. No one saw that coming. Nobody. Uh, but yet the Vols fall. They're now 9-2 and two on the season. We'll look to get their 10th win coming up on Saturday against Vanderbilt. It'll be the first time since 2003 Tennessee's got the 10 wins in a regular season. Let's bring in Spire NIL guru Brandon Spurlock. Brandon, you, you got a big tailgate coming up on Saturday in Nashville. A lot of Vol fans in the mid-state. Kind of take us through kind of what you all have planned. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's already the last game here. We're uh, you know approaching the end of the season here, into the regular season. So um, we've got a plan. We'll be sending it out later this week. But we'll be um, in the I think it's called like the Commodore Lawn right there near the stadium. So we'll have a, we'll have a tent set up. We get our tent location I think on Wednesday that we'll share with everybody. So excited to to kind of do that that final hurrah and then get into postseason and basketball and whatever's next. So yeah, make sure you watch for that mm-hmm. the information in the newsletter. One thing I do want to announce tonight on the show, and we don't have a name for it yet, but Coming up on December 21st, which is the first signing period uh, on that Wednesday, uh, we will be having a private event. Um, you will have to pay to go to it, but it's to raise money for NIL. Coach Heifel, several of the assistant coaches will be there, along with Brent Hubs and myself. We'll be taking questions. We'll be telling recruiting stories. We'll kind of break down the class with the staff, Coach Heifel and his staff, and we're really excited about that. So be on the lookout for that be an early sale, early pre-sale for all ball club members, the chance to go ahead and get access to that event coming up on December 21st. That's one I know you guys are really excited about. Yeah, we're excited. You know, it's an event that we're bringing back. I think I don't know how many years it's been since we've done, you know, those those former signing day events that Tennessee used to do. So, you know, a chance to bring something back, but put a new twist on it. Um, we're still kind of, you know, developing what that's going to look like exactly. But, um, you know, something that, that that's right around the corner, but also, you know, maybe we can in an interesting way kind of go on the heels of the excitement of signing day um, and also looking ahead to, to what's next here. So, you know, involving the coaches, maybe some players, um, adding a little new flair to it. So. Before we get you out the door, basketball season, tailgates obviously will change because it's 12 degrees, but you guys will still have watch parties, especially for road games, places where ball club members, Tennessee fans can kind of get together and uh, watch the balls. Yeah, I think we're, you know, basketball is not typically a sport that you think about tailgating, you know, but we're looking at two games in particular on Saturdays where we can do a tailgate just because we've had so much success. And, you know, the root of that is, you know, consistently adding value to ball club memberships. I think we've got, you know, approaching 1,600 members now um, and another 60, you know, I'd say like major donors that we're always trying to steward and add value to. So that tailgate is just one way to do it. Um, but, but looking for other opportunities as we get into the off season of football, into the season of basketball to continue adding value for those members that have been with us from the start. The real question is, is will Hunter Badur be tough enough to withstand those 13 degree temperatures on a tailgate during basketball season? We're looking uh, inside, you know, we can, we can, we can make it work for him. <laughs> no, we'll get him a heater, some hot hands. All right, let's bring in our special guest on the evening, number 15 from California to Rocky Top, Brew McCoy. Let's go back a year ago. You go into the transfer portal. You're trying to figure out where to go. Mm-hmm. What made Tennessee kind of a place you wanted to look at? And then how quickly did you kind of realize, you know, I got could really fit into the offense here? For me, it was uh, 
really a big portion of it was Valus Jones. Um, him and I were teammates together at USC, and we became really close friends for that period of time. And then Chase McGrath, too. Um, we went to high school together and then USC together. So they spoke really highly of the staff and the people here, um, which to me was like one of the bigger factors was like the type of people you're going to be around because that's really important. And um, when they spoke so highly, like I, I really wanted to play in the SEC. I felt like that's the best competition out there. Um, so for me, the, the decision was like really based on the type of people who I was going to be playing for and then the offense, obviously, how, how you can be successful in the offense. And I saw that with Valus and how successful he was and then how happy he was here also. So kind of made the decision easy. You, you come in for a visit. What did you see on that visit that, that resonated with you and your mom and dad? Well, like I said before, we got the opportunity to just meet everybody and shake hands. And you can kind of get a good gauge on people, especially being a little bit older and having, you know, met a lot of coaches and, and then, uh, you know, around a lot of things, you, you kind of get a gauge on how genuine people are being and everybody here seemed really genuine and like they meant what they said and um, everything that I was being recruited, quote unquote, it wasn't really recruiting. It was just kind of telling me the opportunity that there was here and um, there was no lies being told or anything, smoking mirrors or anything like that. So when you get here, you've run through the tee for the first time, you experience a vol walk for the first time. I, I, I'm not poo-pooing on the pack 12 but it, it's different right i mean no, it's just a sure. different feel the sea of people yeah um what was that like for you was that kind of like whoa this is pretty neat yeah it was it was just really cool I, I mean i just really appreciated it and i was taken back by it um hadn't experienced anything like that like you said but it was it was exciting it, it kind of made everything kind of come to like realize where I, I had gotten from where i was and uh, i was just really glad you know now let's go back to high school. You're five star, and, and for people that don't know, Brew could easily have been a five star on defense as well. In fact, Trey Johnson's told me he loves to poke fun at you for being so good at defense. Right. Uh, you know what? What was it that made you the player that people coveted so much? Mm -hmm. And then, kind of, how much have you grown from that player right. to the player you are now? I think I'd give a huge credit to the to the type of program my high school was. I mean. Coming from modern day, it's a it's a very like traditional. Um, Coach Rollinson's very not to say hard on his players, but he demands a lot, and he helps instill like really good values and and how you go about your day to day. So for me, it was just like the work aspect. I was waking up five a.m. at school at six. We were lifting and running in the morning, like essentially a college schedule as a high schooler. And I was commuting an hour and a half to school every day, so it was long days and and almost even longer nights, not getting home to about 10 p.m. So I got used to just the work aspect early on. Um, and when I started having success, I wasn't really aware of it just because I had kind of stacked so many days of hard work by that point. Um, I just kind of was just enjoying myself oblivious to the whole college recruiting. I never thought about getting recruited coming out. Um, and then when I started getting college attention, I was just kind of shocked. Like, this is very surprising. I didn't know, um, I guess at the time, how good I was or what opportunity I had. And as I got older throughout high school, I started to become more apparent, like, okay, you can actually do this and have success on on the next level. Um, but I would credit, you know, my high school coach and the program that we were in mostly. All right, so he signs with USC, goes to Texas, then back to USC, and everybody's thinking, oh, this kid, right. you know. Yeah. Dude, I mean, you're 18. Like, I mean, you know how many dumb decisions I made when I was 18? I mean, I think we all did, right? right. I mean, you just kind of – you don't know what you want. It's a huge decision, and it, it, you get torn. 
then you all of a sudden have the you know the deal where you can't play for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. How much did you grow personally, and then learn to appreciate this that you're going through now? I mean, I think back on it a ton, just like the the amount of knowledge and maturity I gained in that time. Um, I mean, and and having the game like not being able to play after all that recruiting, you know being the five-star guy and then winning a bunch of, of awards going out and having all this attention and then not playing. It was just kind of a bizarre experience for me. Uh, I was never big, like, media guy, drama guy, or anything like that. So when, it, when I got all this media backlash, I was kind of surprised. And then, um, I mean, what came next was just kind of having to grow up a little bit and refocus on, like, okay, what's the goal here? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, and not letting kind of what was being said around me kind of determine where I was headed, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that I did a good job of just kind of compartmentalizing, like, what's being said and what's going on isn't who you are. And you know the character, the person you are. Just keep being you, and you'll end up in the right spot. Every time they catch, or every time you make a catch at Tennessee, do you hear the broom? Yeah. Oh yeah! How much do you love that? I mean, yeah, I, I, I would say because no one else gets that. Like Cedric makes a catch, no, everybody just cheers. Yeah. Same thing with Jalen. But for you, you kind of have a special connection because of that. Yeah. And I always wondered like where it came from. I don't know if it was just like a thing that everyone did and it just kept rolling. But man, it's the coolest thing ever. The first time I heard it, I thought everybody was booing. I was like looking around the field for a flag or something. Um, but as as it's gone on now, like any, I walk into rooms in the in the building or classrooms, and people still do that or on campus. So it's it's really cool. Where's Brew come from? Because that's not your yeah. name, now. <laughs> Horace Lee. Yeah, which is after your dad. You right. Know, wh- wh- where's Brew come from? Uh, as a baby, I was uh, a baby, like one two year old. That was my grandma used to watch me a lot, and I would fall when she wasn't looking and get all these bruises so she called me the baby bruiser and then as i got older they shortened that to brew and it just stuck it stuck yeah that's great yeah mama grandmother mean a lot to you it's mama for me mama for us in the south but for you probably grandma yeah nana nana yeah she means a lot to me for sure yeah Yeah. grandparents are the best man absolutely i I lost my last one uh two years ago and uh Miss her date greatly. What? Uh, how much do you enjoy getting the family out here for games? Uh, that I mean, it's everything to me. Like, I think it's not even about success on the field to them. It's just they're just happy to be able to experience this with me. And you know, they got no more kids at the house, so they're they're at every game now. And um, they <laughs> get empty the opp- nesters, man. Exactly. Yeah, they get the opportunity to experience something that they never would have if I didn't end up coming to Tennessee. And um, just getting to see them happy and have them meet, you know, my teammates' parents and they create new relationships and things of that nature. Like, that's the coolest thing ever, getting to see them kind of live, not through me, but um, get to experience something new with me, you know. Having not played for a couple of years, mm-hmm. what were your expectations coming into this year? Um, I, I always hold myself to a pretty high expectation. I'd say, like, for me, I don't think about, like, statistics or – I didn't come in saying, like, I need to be a starter. It was more just the mindset, like, how I'm going to go to work. And I think on the back end, I know what the outcome is if you come apply yourself the way you're supposed to. Um, But I expected to just come be myself, you know, work hard, you know, learn the offense, get a – become a great teammate, you know, settle in. It's a new place, new town, new conference. Everything's different. Um but I think the best thing I could do was just 
look at the opportunity for what it was and just go to work. You were top 10 heading into the last game. I don't know what the where it stands now, but you were top 10 in receiving yards mm-hmm. going into the South Carolina game. Um, is that even, you know, maybe that number even surprised you a little bit? Just I didn't even know that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, just, just to hear that out loud, I mean, the, the big catches you've made. Yeah. Let's go back to that Pittsburgh game. Mm-hmm. First touchdown. Was that kind of a release, like, okay. Yeah. You know, let's go. It definitely go. was. It definitely was. I mean, having not played the season before, you could, as much work you put in, you do – I mean, everybody, every athlete, I think, can admit that they second-guess themselves at times. And when you have success, it just kind of reassures, like, yeah, I can do this. And then you just keep applying more pressure and get better and build more confidence. And then, you know, it's only up from there. I text you after uh, after the one game. I think it was Alabama. And, you know – I text you Carl Pickens highlights. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, because I, I, a lot of kids don't understand, you know, like the history, history of numbers. You know, Jalen Hyatt wears eleven, so Joey Kent, so did Justin Hunter. Those guys mm-hmm. each had thousand yard seasons. Right. Um, you know, Carl Pickens, Jawan Jennings, they both wore fifteen here, right. and 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 bald. Um, so that number kind of you know carries a certain weight. Have you learned more about Tennessee history through your first eight or nine months here? To an extent, yeah, I've like. I learned a lot. We do some like educational meetings, I sure. guess, in our team meetings where they kind of run the, the history of the Tennessee program. So you kind of understand where things come from because being in Southern California, I didn't know much growing up about Tennessee football other than Peyton Manning, really, um, and then Alvin Kamara. But getting here, it's, it's been really interesting to learn some of the, the history and background, especially at my position. Um, I wasn't aware how much receiver success had come out of this school. And uh, it's been it's been cool to learn, and and now I'm a, a fan of Juwan, so I, I definitely try to watch him as much as I can. And that late guy watching the 49ers, yeah, surprising, right? Yeah, no, but he, I mean, I feel like his game and his style is, is similar to mine—a physical sure. guy, not like your your four-two guy, but you know, great with the ball in his hand. He's just gonna finish plays, and so I try to kind of emulate his game and, and learn a lot from him. And, you know, I hope to one day meet him, kind of talk to him about his experience here, because I feel like it's probably similar. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm sure we could arrange that. Um, when when you go back to that Alabama game, mm-hmm. you know, there they are, under 30 seconds to go. You get the ball, the initial catch to Ramel, then you. Mm-hmm. When that ball goes in the air, you know, and, and Hinton kind of got hit as he threw it. Yeah. What's going through your mind? I can kind of – I remember it, like – super vividly as soon as the ball came up i was just like man it's gonna be a, a rough one if you don't get this one you know and you know I'm a, I'm a bigger guy so i was just like you just gotta body this one like you're probably gonna take a hit you know where the safety's at and um i mean it was just it was important you know every, everybody gets called upon at different times throughout games and you never know when your time's gonna come mine just happened to be late in the game 30 seconds left and uh we actually joked because in the lobby the night before my my grandfather was talking to to Chase and I, and he was like, "I got a feeling you're gonna kick the winning kick with two seconds left on the clock." And uh, he was after after the game, he found me on the field, and he was like, "What did I tell you? What did I tell you?" Because he called it right on the dot, same amount. Your grandfather got down on the field. He did. Yeah, he was the first person I ran into actually. Yeah. Well, when when Chase is lining up for that field goal, yeah, are you watching or are you kind of like? Nah, my eyes were shut. I just listen. Listen for the sound. I listen. Yeah. I listened, I opened my eyes last second, saw it, took off running. What was that exhilaration feeling like? Oh, man, it didn't even feel real at the time, you know. Um, 
you know, later in the game, I was kind of talking to Bryce on the sideline, and we're, we're talking about being back in high school. And uh, then we're back on the sideline watching the kick, and I'm like, man, you know, four or five years ago, I was in high school, like, in California, no big deal. And now it's, like, the biggest game ever on TV, and we just won it. So um, it was unbelievable. I'll never forget that, that game or that experience. How much do you appreciate the journey, you know, everything you've been through? Mm-hmm. In that type of moment. Same thing with McGrath. I mean, you know, it didn't go the way he wanted to at USC. Right. He left. USC's been this weird. It's like when Lane Kiffin left for ten, from Tennessee to USC after the 2009 season, it's like USC's been giving Tennessee really solid players back in return. Malik Jackson, Phelous Jones, yep. McGrath, now you. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are roommates. You know, yeah. how special is that? And, and how, did, did you? When you got back to the to the room that night, you know, did y'all just sit around just reliving that, or did you just go to sleep? What I, I mean, I can't imagine you slept a whole lot. We didn't really realize it till the next morning. We were going out to uh, meet our parents for for lunch. Kind of just gave each other knuckles, like that was pretty cool, huh? We're like, yeah, we had a little one two punch there, and uh, both transfers from Southern Cal, so it was, it was cool. Like me and him were both pretty laid back dudes, so we didn't really make a big deal out of it, but. We understood that it was it was we did some you know what pro what college players when you were a kid did mm-hmm. you did you kind of watch and try to emulate who, who anybody in particular I I grew up a big Reggie Bush guy that was my uh, you know because I mean you grow up in proximity to a, 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 any university that has success like that in a time period you kind of grow up in the after effect of that so i mean all people everybody was wearing reggie bush jerseys liner jerseys when i was growing up so i wore five my whole career all the way until i couldn't anymore um and i used to watch his highlights before all my games you know had his fat head in my room but i wanted to play running back because of that that didn't work out you'd be like derrick henry playing running yeah exactly your size yeah um if you could get drafted by an NFL team, East Coast, West Coast. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say, honestly, the Rams, just because so much of my family's kind of made their way to, to L.A., so I think it would be cool to, you know, have a professional career back at where you grew up. You know, it's it's a really cool experience, and I've been to SoFi. Like, that stadium is unbelievable. You know, I was hoping to make it back there I this year. Everybody yeah, was. Right. But, yeah, the Rams, Chargers, or if I was saying the East Coast, probably uh, – Probably Giants. I just I, I like the Giants because I, I was big on Odell and he's on the Giants and I, I like the Giants jerseys too. Does your history with football just kind of from when you've been alive? Do you ever go back and watch eighties, nineties type stuff? Honestly, not really, because I feel like the game has changed a lot. So it has. You can't really. You can look at players, but you can't really look at the game quite the same, just because how things have evolved. I feel like things have gotten a little bit, um, at least offensively. The pace of the game has changed, and and you throw the ball a lot more. When you look back, nineties, eighties, it was a little bit different ball game, more pro style, more drop back quarterbacks, not as much running with the quarterback. Um, but I do watch like old receiver highlights, you know, such as Randy Moss, Jay Rice, um, a lot of Calvin Johnson, because uh, my my previous receiver coach Kerry Colbert was on the, on the lines with Calvin Johnson, so he had a bunch of his practice film. So he gave me that practice film. So I used to watch his just practice film, game film, anything on him. Oh, he was he's just not dumb. that old. Yeah, no. Yeah, I watched not him at all. 
outcovered his recruitment opportunity. <laughs> how old I am. We had this. We had uh, Josiah and, and Seth out. Mm-hmm. I asked him, MJ or LeBron. Mm. Said, said Kobe. Over which, was a, which was which was a you know because everybody loves loves to say yeah. you know MJ or LeBron. You in that camp too? Just because you're an LA guy. I mean, what's the, is the question? Who's the best? Who's the greatest of all time? I'll say if I'm picking a teammate, I'm picking Kobe. Uh, best player. If you're looking at stats, you pick LeBron. But I think better winner, better winner, champion. You take Michael Jordan for yeah. sure. And I think a big there's a big change. Had that documentary not come out, I don't know if people would have their opinions about MJ the way. Yeah, they it kind of refreshed everybody. It, it absolutely yeah. did, especially during COVID. They were everybody sending home, so everybody watches the last dance. Exactly. And, you know, kind of refresh this generation to how good and dominant he was. Extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. What do you golfer? I golf. I used to golf at home. I, I grew up skateboarding, surfing, uh, riding bikes, fishing. Uh, now here, I haven't I haven't gone to water yet, but I want to. Hopefully, in the off season, go fishing out here. Um, I was really outdoors growing up. Outdoors kid, like rode my bike everywhere. So. All my extracurriculars was just whatever, like, my, me and the neighborhood kids got into, you know. If you rode your bike, I hope you didn't grab it to the ice cream truck like Darnell. No. Nah. <laughs> um, favorite UT tradition, ball walk or run through the tee? Uh, I'll say ball walk. Running through the tee is unbelievable. But the ball walk's cool just because it, it feels a little bit more personal. Uh, it's it's cool to, like, get to slap five with a bunch of fans and say hello and um, you feel like you're almost giving something back by kind of getting to interact, even though it's in brief in passing, but it, it does feel good. And then, um, I mean, I'll never forget any of the running through the tee moments, but the ball walk, I would say, is, is a cooler experience just getting to look over, like, the sea of people, you know, as you walk in the stadium. And it's early, and you just see the passion that the fans have showing up for you at that time, you know. Orange out or checker kneeling? Checker kneeling, definitely. I was, yeah, that the coolest thing. I, that was the coolest thing I seen was checker kneeling. I was hoping we do it more than once, you know. Checker kneeling. Well, you'll do, you'll do it next year. Yeah. Uh, checker kneeling or cigar smoke flowing through the stadium. <sighs> that's a tough one. I gotta go cigar smoke. That's one. Of the, that's a spectacle. That I mean, that that picture in the videos I saw after the Alabama game. Uh, there's not like anything else I've ever seen after a game, you know. Do you ever pay attention to on Twitter to like you know like the memes and stuff of like Coach Heupel and they have the rhymes and it's like balls by fifty or whatever. So I just got a Twitter like two weeks ago, so I I'm so out of the loop on everything. Like I just made a Twitter account. Is it your name? Yeah, it's just Brew McCoy fifteen. Yeah. How many followers Jerry got? I don't even know. Have you I, tweeted yet? No, <laughs> haven't tweeted anything because I mean you try to kind of mitigate distractions. Sure, and, I get it. Yeah, but nah, I, I haven't seen any memes or anything. I've seen a shirt of Coach Heupel, but that's that's about it. Cedric gonna be going to the league. Mm-hmm. We'll see what Jalen does next year. Could be you're the main guy. Mm-hmm. You kind of welcome that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as anybody would, but I feel like. This year was a good year to just show what I, you know, can do. And then, you know, we get a great opportunity next year. Not to not to look past what we have left here this season, you know. But we get a great opportunity, or I personally get a great opportunity to just, you know, 
be the main guy, hopefully, and, you know, just have more success, help this team win. What motivates you? I guess the, the more so the fear of, of failure and losing. I'd rather, I hate losing more than I love winning. You know, you, my mindset's always been like you expect to win. So you don't get too high on your wins, but you definitely get down on your losses at times. But I just get motivated by not ever wanting to – I don't ever want to look back on anything I've done and, and felt like I didn't pour into it the way I should have. I don't want to have any regrets because I think at a certain point in time I was looking back regretting certain decisions and um, – now it's just like, why not go all in on everything and then let God handle the rest? Wish you'd picked here out of high school. I mean, I know it was different. Like, it just yeah. wasn't even a factor. But I mean, like, you know, knowing what you know now. Right. You know, or do you say no? Because, you know, the journey that got me here mm -hmm. helped me become the player I am. I would, I would say the journey. Would, would I change it if I could? Probably. Um, in hindsight. But hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, who knows what else could have happened you know, there's injuries, things of that nature. You never know what God has in store. But um, I think the lessons I learned, the like the mental maturity more so that I was able to gain through my whole journey or whatever you want to call it, um, it, it gave me like valuable life skills that are really going to help me be successful moving forward and have helped me now being here. Well, like I said, I think most fans kind of saw you as like kind of like this mysterious person, right? Right. You know, you didn't do a lot of interviews. You know, you've got all this stuff going on around you. Mm -hmm. You go on the transfer portal. And when you and I did the interview that day, mm -hmm. it was probably 99.9% were like, whoa, that guy is so well-spoken mm -hmm. and so mature. And, like, we got to land this guy. Mm -hmm. Have you always been that? Or is that something where you've kind of morphed as you've – matured at heart I, i've always been that guy um that's just kind of like the morals i was raised on you know how to be and who to be um i think how i conduct myself and how you represent yourself is like one of the most important if not the most important thing in life um and if you can't like articulate yourself well or speak well or things of that nature then people are going to have these predispositions about you so I've always tried to be very cognizant of how I carry myself and represent myself and not really let, you know, outside noise kind of determine who I am because I know who I am and how I was, I was raised ultimately. But, yeah, I mean, it's always been important important to me, you know. Because of that, were you able to handle not being eligible when you first got here mm -hmm. and then eventually getting eligible in that manner because you know I, I think everybody was getting anxious the further we got down the road and the more we went into fall camp and right. you know usc was doing what they were doing and, right. and they kind of got a little pressure put on them but you know did, did you did you kind of you know were you sitting back anxious too or were you kind of like you know look i'm either gonna play or i'm not yeah i can't it can't let it affect who i am a little bit of both i mean there's that aspect of you control what you can control and then it's also like, yeah, but I didn't do all this. Just come this far, just come this far, you know. Sure. I'm sit. So I was anxious, you know. And and uh, Coach Hypo actually kind of messed with me when he when he gave me the news a little bit. He uh, walked me down, and he was real, like, looking all sad and upset. And then he put his arm around me, and I was like, oh, great, here we go. And he's like, just walk with me. And we walked in the office, and then he's like, 
well, are you ready to play this year? And I was like, oh, come on, coach. You can't, you can't do me like that. But it was interesting. Like, it's kind of sat there, like, fingers crossed, you know, the whole time. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But I was confident that it would. I remember him telling the story about being there when you got to call your dad and mom. Yeah. That had to be pretty neat, right? Absolutely. Did you mess with them or did was it just more direct? It was more direct with them, but he, he I think he did get the rest of the staff after that. Is he a prankster? A little bit. Yeah. Sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. Best prank you've seen him pull? That one, by far. He had me going and then he got he got Coach Pope after that too, like directly after that. One thing you miss most about home in LA and mm-hmm. one thing you're like, Oh, I'm glad I did not I mean I'd try traffic, right? I mean yeah. let's take traffic off the board then. Take Besides traffic, off. what's the one thing you don't miss mm-hmm. and then the one thing you do miss? Uh, I miss street tacos. I see a lot of good street tacos. There's still some good street tacos in Knoxville, but uh, I had a spot in like an auto zone parking lot I would always go to that I was a big fan of. Um Something I don't miss. Honestly, where I was living at the time, like, I didn't want to pay too much for rent. You know, rent in L.A. could sure. be. So I chose to live in a little bit. Uh, Sketch area? Yeah. So I don't miss the sirens. And, you know, we're playing, we used to play uh, gunshots or fireworks at the apartment because you never knew which one it was. Joe will be the quarterback Saturday. Mm-hmm. What's that rapport like? Because, I mean, it's been hindering this whole time, and all of a sudden right. now you got to adjust. Um, almost feels like Ramel's sitting in the catbird seat because he's been catching, you know, running behind in, in, in with the twos most of the year. Right. Um, what's that rapport like for you? Me and Joe have a really good rapport. Um, you know, when you're throwing routes throughout the summer and stuff like that, you really get the same amount of reps between the two of them because I think partially just because of pitch count type of thing and then but is it different trying to catch i mean everybody loves to talk about his arm strength and it's ridiculous right yeah unbelievable but the one thing i think everybody can agree on is mm-hmm. hendon throws a, a quote softer ball right it's a more catchable ball mm-hmm. uh than joe so how do you have to adjust for joe for me it's more so just like i'm i feel like i try to catch everything that comes my way so like that's on me it's not really adjusting to joe like if i can't catch a ball just because moving a little faster or i can't run under it because he's going to, you know, sling the rock the way he is. That's just something I have to be cognizant of. Like, I think we put enough time in in practice and, and had enough reps together, whereas it, it doesn't really feel like there's no panic at all, really, with Joe coming in. And I'm excited to, to see, you know, him get to play a full game, come out and be the starter. You talk about Kelsey a minute ago. Mm-hmm. He got the job, you know, about the same time you were looking at coming here. Right. Didn't have the Power 5 experience but has clearly connected with you boys, mm-hmm. connected in the room. What's he do well? He can, I mean, definitely connecting and cultivating like like a competitive environment, but also like it's like a brotherhood within a brotherhood and inside our specific receiving room. Um, it's highly competitive and uh, like very accountable to what we do. Like he's he's hard on us to an extent where you want to be hard on yourself and you find yourself not one to let like, yourself down and not hold yourself to the expectation that's been set in the room. So he's just done an, an incredible job, not only just coaching details, how to be detail oriented, but also helping kind of bring our room together and then also help us grow as young man too. Um, you know, each meeting we try to hit a word of the day, which is just a, outside of football. Let's talk through something about life. Um, what was the word today? Today we talked about flushing last week, which that was a little bit more football oriented, but it was important to talk about like how to move forward and, and how to just, you know, you take in what just happened, 
but you don't let it affect what you're about to do. And if anything, you attack the day a little bit harder. Uh, you don't let it, you don't kind of get lazy now. It's the end of the year. It'd be easy to make excuses and, you know, everybody's tired and banged up, but you know, how are you going to respond? And so that was what we focused on today. But like things like that is, is what helps us be successful too. I asked this last week, mm -hmm. favorite assistant coach, not named your position coach. So it can't be coach Pope, but on the field assistant coach, who do you like best? Jared Perry, just cause he, he's a, one of our signal guys, but also he's, he's involved with like the quarterbacks and the receivers. So we've always, he was the first person I sat and watched film with when I got here and we kind of developed a good relationship from that point on, but he's just, he's hilarious. And he kind of keeps the, when things get a little bit high strung, he's yeah. kind of the, the calm, you know, he's the nice, the nice change up guy. Absolutely. Yeah. I understand that. You gotta have those. For All right. Sure. We'll go rapid fire here. All right. All right. When you lived in LA, give us a fun celebrity encounter. Oh, fun celebrity encounter. Uh, I met Johnny Manziel um, out to dinner and got to talk to him for a while. And it was, I, I just, he was really cool and like open. So I just asked him about like his experience, what he was up to and stuff. That was a really cool encounter. Um, I ran into LeBron because uh, at the time, Sayer, he was, he was on the team. All right, we were on the team together, and Space Jam was coming out, so we were able to go to the premiere for Space Jam and got to talk to LeBron, spend some time with him. That was really cool. It's a big human. It's a lot, yeah. It's You're big, large. and I would imagine he just dwarfs like you. That, yeah, completely. Favorite movie of all time? Uh, Forrest Gump. Why? Uh, we did a character walk when I was in elementary school, and he was the character I chose. I just, I really liked him. I felt like the movie kind of had every aspect of a movie you want. Like, it had the war, it had the football, had the girl. And I, it was my favorite movie growing up as a kid, so I've always stuck with it. Favorite character in that movie besides Forrest Gump? Bubba. Without a doubt. Bubba. Yeah. Lieutenant Dan. Um, greatest achievement off the field for you is what? I would say I spent a lot of time giving back to the, to the homeless community in, in L.A., back home. Um, and for me, like, it wasn't something we filmed or something we talked about. It was just something me and some of the guys I live with, we just got up and did it. And it just felt good to give back. And it was at a time where I felt like a lot of things were being done for publicity, but we kind of made it to the point just to do it out of the kindness of our heart. And I guess now it kind of shoots that in the foot a little bit. But, um, yeah, that's probably one of my bigger accomplishments, like just independently deciding to go do something out of my own way like that. Without being told to. Right. Coolest place you've traveled to? Uh, the Bahamas. That was that was the coolest place I've traveled to, for sure. In-N-Out or Shake Shack? In-N-Out. Undoubtedly. What's your go-to there? Animal-style fries, double-double, grilled onions, uh, animal-style burger, probably a vanilla chocolate shake. East Tennessee's version of that is called Pals. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of this? I haven't. We have to make that happen. Yeah. We yeah, have I need to make to that happen. Cooper goes a lot. He Does he? Get with Cooper. Oh, that's Dane Davis. Yeah. All these Upper East Tennessee guys. Yeah, they know. We'll indoctrinate you <laughs> to pals. NFL stadium you want to play in the most, not named SoFi. Because I know so that's far. what you're going to say. <laughs> it, it was the Steelers stadium. Yeah. Um, Cowboy stadium. Yeah, you might get that because the Cotton Bowl is a, a possibility. Yeah, most uh, definitely. Same thing with the, uh, the Orange Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, Got to win Saturday, though. Absolutely. Otherwise, you'll be in Orlando. Yeah. For the Citrus Bowl. Um, how does your role on the field influence your relationships off the field? 
I try not to let it at all. I try to have relationships that are like not ever really based on success on the field. Obviously, like you get a little bit more attention from people and um, stuff like that. But what I do on the field, I try to keep separate from what I do off, you know, because it just it makes things easier like that. Well, Tennessee will be looking for a 10th win coming up on Saturday. That would be the first time since 2003 that Tennessee gets 10 wins in a regular season. And hopefully the orange and white fans in attendance are saying, no doubt. Big, big, big time receiver. We appreciate you joining us here on the show tonight. Been a great time getting catching up, finding out where Brew comes from. I think that's uh, I think that was fascinating. Yeah. Nana, grandma. Love grandma. Yeah. Always spend time with grandma. He's Brew McCoy. I'm Austin Price. We'll talk to you next week, everybody, for another Ball Club Confidential. <laughs>